Hello everyone This is The most up to date Comprehensive summary Of My healthy sex life After The sexual Calamities, or should I say, the compound sexual traumas? I want to say that when I talk about sex work, I'm going to talk about that first, then I'll work my way up. In the rest of the episode, I'll talk off the top of my head. I'm just read first, mention what I read. Then off the top of my head, I'm going to just talk without reading anything. So, when it comes to sex work, obviously I'm referring to legal and decriminalized areas. So, any sex work that I engage in in terms of buying services and selling services, the environments lawfully are in favor of that. So, no laws are broken. And no human rights vi- no human rights are violated because we're all seeing and treating each other as fully human beings. So without further ado, I'll say this. I go to where the sensitive lovers are. And just because someone does sex work as a profession, that doesn't mean that they are incapable of showing non-sexual hospitality and sexual hospitality. Sex workers are capable of of showing both types of hospitality because they have other interests besides sex because they have all areas of their lives just like other people who are non-sex workers. So, why do I say that? It's because I don't rely on sex with sex workers for the majority of my sex having. Quite the contrary, most of the sex I have are with people who are not even within the sex industry. It's just that the sex with the sex workers is a bonus. It's not the primary, though. So I am not desperate. I'm not needy, I'm not clingy, I'm not insecure, I'm not controlled by trauma complexes, I'm not controlled by commitment phobia, I I love monogamy, um, I think monogamy is a beautiful reality of life, um, I don't have any jealousy or envy in my heart. I'm not hateful, I'm not spiteful, I'm not bitter, I'm not mean, I'm not rude, I'm not difficult, I'm not negative. Um, I, I won't bankrupt myself because I, of my financial wisdom. Um, I'm not reckless with sex. There's a reason why I say that the word past regarding my life stays back then 
I don't perpetuate it now and forevermore. And I'm not feckless with sex. I'm not living sexually too fast. I'm not living my life in a sexual fast lane. I'm not living sexually fast and dying young. I value sexual health. I value birth control. I value contraception. Um, I value sexual accountability. I value sexual responsibility. Um, I have sex in moderation. I avoid extreme sexual asceticism, but I also avoid um, sexual overindulgence. Um, I vet my partners before I intercourse them. And my partners are moderate to small in terms of numeration or numerical, numerically speaking, if you will. So I live the sexual middle way, the sexual middle path, meaning I don't have too much sex, also don't have a not enough sex. I have just right sex. I have a healthy relationship with erotica. I have a healthy relationship with sex. I have a healthy relationship with pornography. I have a healthy relationship with masturbation. Um, I have a healthy relationship with curiosity. So I have no sex addiction. I have no porn addiction. I have no masturbation addiction. I have no erotica addiction. I have no curiosity addiction. I have no sex work addiction because I have a healthy relationship with sex work. Um, No sexual traumas are ruining my life. And... I do not sexually objectify anybody. I do not commodify anybody. I do not inspire self-objectification others. I do not dehumanize anyone. I do not commit any reification, which y'all know means The objectification of social relationships, I don't do that either. I treat everyone with regard to their personality and dignity because that's exactly how I treat myself. So, on rare occasions, will I engage in sex with sex workers? Notice I said rare. So I'm open to sensitive lovers of mine who do webcam modeling. I'm open to sensitive lovers of mine who do pornographic modeling. I'm open to sensitive lovers of mine who utilize adult content subscription services. I'm open to sensitive lovers of mine who are strippers, Naked butlers, pole dancers, phone sex operators, go-go dancers, and erotic dancers. I'm open to sensitive lovers of mine who do neo-burlesque, twerking, striptease, table dance, erotic massage, grinding, bumping, freaking, 
I'm lap dancing, pornographic film acting, and peep show performers. I'm open to sensitive lovers who utilize red light districts, um, escort services, the boyfriend experience, girlfriend experience, sugar baby, sugaring, sugar parenting, sexual surrogate, street prostitution, indoor prostitution, brothel work, massage parlor related prostitution, bar, casino prostitution, and dominatrixes. So, I will be utilizing humanely all these sensitive lovers of mine on rare occasions. Like I said, most of the sex I have is for free. Keep that in mind. Let's continue. open to sensitive lovers of mine who are called bar girls, bar boys, um, burlesque, um, who can, can, Dancers, cage dancers, go-go dancers, and hoochie-coochies. Uh, dancers. I'm open to sensitive lovers of mine who are majra, sex, sexercise people, um, exotic dancers, bubble dancers, fan dancers, gown and glove strip tees, um, couch dancers, contact dancers, limo lap dancers, dance of the seven veils. Um, and social dancers again I'll be um, utilizing humanely those sensitive loves of mine on rare occasions to um, and I s- repeated that because it's easy to feel like a person who goes to sex workers because they don't think that they're attractive at all or attractive enough to have free sex as the majority of sex they have in life. That's not my story, even though I'm kind in my disposition towards people who who have those realities and I choose not to insult them because that would be heartless for me to do and that's heartless for everybody else to do. But what I will say is um, people who are adult service providers or adult sex providers, ADPs, they're synonymous with the same um, profession, if you will. That 
doesn't mean that they can't make reasonable non-sexual accommodations and it doesn't mean that they can't make reasonable sexual accommodations too. So, I want to first talk about more about myself, but I'm going to do it properly. So, and these are very short definitions, so we have plenty of time. Um, first, I want to say that I am a person of polyamory. Polyamory refers to my relationship with my multiple, mutually, enthusiastically consenting adult sexual partners. However, my being polyamorous is not so much about my sex having, even though that's phenomenal, as it is about my loving more than just one person in a romantic way, also known as my poly. I... Some people some people practice polyamory in order to produce a large family where everyone shares in the responsibilities of daily life. That's not me. Um, some people also polyamorous relationships for the sex. Well, that's partly me. But I like a mixture of sex and, and lovey-dovey romance. Um, that's just non-committal. That would be me. So sex is the icing on the cake, but the emotional intimacy, internal intimacy, intellectual intimacy, and the psychological intimacy, that's the biggest reason for my polyamorous living. Then it says, the reasons behind these relationships are usually just as in-depth as the relationships themselves. Now, that's totally me. Polyamorous relationships do not work for everyone, and I think that's awesome. Humans, by nature, jealous and engaging in this type of relationship is a test in trust, communication, and love. And those are all true. I I don't have a jealousy streak. I have healthy trust. I have healthy communication. And I have healthy love. Um, so I have romantic sexual relationships that are... Free of exclusivity is another way of my repeating myself, I know, but it it helps people to better understand what I'm saying because not everybody will understand certain aspects of my life because it's not aspects of their lives. So next, and this is, I've said this before, but let's, let's go back to this. This is so important. I practice. I'm a person of ambiamory. Ambiamory is my relationship orientation that has me sitting somewhere on the middle of, a re- of the relationship spectrum between monogamy and polyamory. Just as bisexual people can enjoy being in heterosexual, homosexual relationships, including me as an omnisexual and pansexual. I, as an ambiamorous person, can be happy in monogamous and polyamorous relationships. I am. And I know some people go, didn't you talk about one episode where you'd be bummed out if you just had one partner? Let me elaborate. If I only had one partner in my whole life, 
I have already trained myself to be fully satisfied by that and to not feel as if I'm being cursed. Because if life only had one partner for me, if I only have one partner that can be fully in sync with me in terms of my triggers make complete sense to them. Even if they didn't live my life similarly or the same way. In that context, I would not be bummed out at all because I'm not bummed out by life providing my needs. If life said, well, there's only one person in the world that knows how to cater to you, Antonio, in terms of all the things that most people would go, I can't deal with all this, including the autism, surviving racism, surviving adult supremacy, surviving organized crime, surviving a broken home, surviving a dysfunctional family, um, surviving mental health circumstances and um, embracing my queerness and my being an ambivert, omnivert, then I'm totally content and joyful and gleeful about that. The term ambiamory should not be confused with biamory, which is the ability to fall in love with and have relationships with both genders. Now, I am of biamory. I do fall in love with and have relationships with more than one gender. So I just learned something about myself just now. I'm biamory. And um, I do prefer polyamory. I just want to say that on the record. Okay, as ambiamorous people like me, I find myself in monogamous or polyamorous relationships depending on the situation. I might fall in love with a person who is monogamous or polyamorous, and I may decide to adhere to that person's relationship preference. I'm, I'm talking about I'm capable of these things. I'm talking about my capabilities. Some ambiamorous people might also start out in one kind of relationship which changes due to circumstances, like a partner becoming jealous when in a closed relationship or on the flip side wanting to explore other relationships. Well, for me, all of that would have been um, discussed. Um, I wouldn't pick a jealous person because we wouldn't stimulate jealousy in each other because we would have been honest about all the possibilities. And um, we would have also explored our dynamics with other people. So That wouldn't, those wouldn't be issues for me, per se. But if they want to explore other relationships, that's cool. I prefer that. 
still recovering, so that's why you heard the cough. Let's continue. But if they wanted to have it with just me, then we would talk about, you know, have me all to themselves. That we would talk about my being honest with myself and saying, well, if this is what life has dictated for me, And there is no other person with this extraordinary compatibility that I can have. Then that also means I can't have the extraordinary compatibility with anybody else. Then I would tell myself, okay, let me look at the signs and see if this is what life has. And if life says... Without a doubt, this is it. In terms of just this person, then I would pick monogamy in that case. People may also transition from polyamorous to monogamous after breakups as they give themselves time to grieve. It takes time to find someone new. For me, I never had a romantic breakup in terms of a legitimate relationship. So that hasn't happened to me. I'm not saying it it never could, because I don't know what the future of my life will be, honestly. I don't think it would, but hey, life has all kinds of surprises, right? Um, I have taken the time to grieve my, um, the compound sexual trauma past, and even the infidelity past, and... I don't jump into anything anymore in terms of romantically or sexually. Um, I'm ready to have um, healthy relationships um, because of all the work I've put in, that I put in every day. But taking time to find someone new or other people new that are wholesome like me that's healthy for me because I take the time to grieve properly each and every day. It says, as ambiamorous people like myself can feel comfortable in monogamous or polyamorous relationships, I am more likely to find transitioning from one relationship style to another easier than people feel hardwired as monogamous or polyamorous. I'm hardwired to delight in whatever life has for me. If it says monogamy, I'm doing it. If it says polyamory, I'm doing it. It says... Ambiamorous people, like myself, may also prefer having polyamorous and monogamous relationships at various points in their lives. For me, um, it depends... Because um, if life has told me I have something better for you and it turns out to be one person, I swing with that bat. Baseball metaphor. But if life has said out of all these billions of people, this is how these are the people that are hardwired to be compatible and have chemistry to you, Antonio, and it turns out to be polyamory, I dunk with that basketball. 
um, NBA metaphor. For example, a young ambiamorous person may practice polyamory until they have children when it feels more natural to be monogamous. That wouldn't be the case for me, but that is the case for some ambiamorous people. They may resume polyamorous relationships once the children move out and there's less need to focus on immediate family. That's not my situation, but that's, uh, that's some people's ambiamorous situations. While little research has been done on the subject, early investigation supports the theories of amorous people like me that there's a spectrum running from monogamy to polyamory, which I'm on. This research suggests that just like gender and sexuality, there's a spectrum of relationship preferences that I have rather than a relationship binary. Ooh, I've learned something new about myself. So, even though I'm more into polyamory, and yes, I do feel hardwired to be poly, for to be polyamorous. I do have that sexual flexibility and romantic flexibility where I'm open to life having better plans than I have when it comes to everything about my life. So life may say, "You're right, Antonio." polyamory is for you or life may say well Tonya because you're so extraordinary you can only have one person I'll have to go in that direction even though I know I'm hardwired to be polyamorous being with that one person will make me hardwired to be monogamous so even though yes I have a hardwired way I want to be I want to be with more than one person and I want to stick to it very strongly. Life may go with that. Life may not. I think it will. But again. The flexibility is still needed for me. So... Um, I do prefer to be, be to have extraordinary persons with me in partnerships, sexually, romantically. Not gonna, not gonna lie about that though. But let me move on. I am a person who practices ethical non-monogamy. Um, my non-monogamy is my practice of my engaging in my multiple sexual romantic relationships simultaneously. My non-monogamy is practiced in ways that, that are generally considered to be ethical. And there's nothing non-ethical about my monogamy. So, for some people, non-monogamy can be practiced in ways that are generally considered to be ethical, that's me, or non-ethical by those in non-monogamous communities, which is not me. Generally speaking, those such as myself who are unethical 
non-monogamous relationships, I do strive to focus on open communication, uh, the negotiation of rules, which I'm sensitive to, and we treat each other who are involved with each other with the same dignity and respect. Regardless of our roles within a non-monogamous couple or group, for us as a group, I'm open to non-monogamous couples, you know, my being immersed in that and and non-monogamous couples being immersed in to to me and but we're a group and non-monogamous group actually. So my ethical non-monogamy does take the form polyamory, including swinging. Um, I'm not for some, it's open marriages, which I'm not in currently. And other similarly structured um, relationships. Would I be a part of someone's open marriage? Of course. Says so more about my ethical non-monogamy. Non-ethical non-monogamy is usually thought of as cheating and rightfully so because it's about being deceitful by breaking rules or pushing boundaries set by those in one relationship, which is, that's in the past and it stays there when it comes to my own life. Then it says, even if the relationship is considered non-monogamous by both parties, it's still possible for one or more partners to cheat, which is which has nothing to do with my own personal relationships. And it says, while ongoing debates exist over the importance of rules in the ethical non-monogamous relationship, which is understandable, in my view, it's important that each partner understands their partner's expectations, needs, and boundaries, which does exist in mine and, and with them, my partner's. Um, many consider other behaviors to be non-ethical, such as unicorn hunting. A heterosexual couple seeking a bisexual woman to join them for sex or ongoing close relationship between the three of them, which I think is, um, that has to be made ethical. And some people make it ethical and that's good. And some people make that non-ethical, which is bad. Let's keep going. In hierarchy, in, in hierarchy of relations, in hierarchy of partnerships, I think that should always be ethical, never non-ethical. It says, however, these are still being debated by the polyamorous and larger non-monogamous community, which again is understandable. Okay, I I practice consensual non-monogamy CNM. My consensual non-monogamy CNM is my blanket turned at first to my relationships are ethically open. Examples of my consensual non-monogamy include, among others, my polyamory and my swinging. My consensual non-monogamy is marked by my open, honest communication among all 
partners, not just myself, as well as our informed, our informed enthusiastic consent, we all know exactly what we're getting into and, and no one is hiding anything. We're not hiding a damn thing. My consensual non-monogamy allows me and all the other participants involved with me for us to have multiple partners and slash relationships without conventional quote-unquote cheating. That works for us. That said, our successful consensual non-monogamy often involves healthy structure and well-defined healthy boundaries because the healthy structure is well-defined in and of itself. The term ethical non-monogamy, which I just told you about, about me, is also used to refer to the kinds of my relationships that fall under the umbrella of my consensual non-monogamy. Next. My responsible non-monogamy. My responsible non-monogamy is when myself and my other partners, we mutually agree, we have mutually agreed upon rules about our non-exclusive sexual slash romantic relationships. In my responsible non-monogamy, myself and all the other participants, we agree upon the parameters of our non-monogamous activities, which does include caveats about protection, relationship status, and etc. So I engage in open relationships which I'm open to. My open relationships is my catch-all term for my pairing that is cons- that is consensually non-monogamous. Although the primary partner is myself and another person, we do intend to stay together. We agree to take on other partners with each other's full knowledge. Our additional companions may be for the purposes of short-term dating, long-term dating, sexual encounters, and romantic companionships, and we're open to all the above. Us as our primary partners to each other, we may choose to share lovers if they want, if we want to. Or seek out individual companions if we want to. We're open to both. Um, more about my open relationships. The rules of my open relationships are as individuals as us in it. Sometimes a relationship resembles swinging or of ours or our BDSM play partner scenario. Where it's mainly physical in nature for us. My other open relationships may operate like uh, my like traditional polyamory, 
which places more emphasis on cultivating a lasting emotional connection for us or non-traditional polyamory, which is more about cultivating more physical connection than anything else. That doesn't mean that there's no emotional um, intelligence involved, though. So... If I was in, you know, open relationship couples, which I'm open to having, we of course we would have very specific rules about our open relationship, our open relationships. For example, for us, sex with another person may only be allowed on out of town business trips or whenever we're not able to regularly meet each other's sexual needs at certain points because we may have busy schedules. So. Um, my open relationships aren't suitable for everyone. As jealousy is often an obstacle for some people, and that's okay. Uh, my opening a relationship successfully takes my communication and my trust. There are also no one-size-fits-all rules for my open relationships. Myself and other partners, we, we, we continue to work together to establish healthy boundaries that work for us. I'm open to monogamy. I'm open to the practice of my being in a romantic relationship with one person at a time. Um, For some people, that's marriage. I am open to um, exclusivity, again, if life gave me no other choice. Um, I'm open to having one exclusive partner at a time. And have a number of monogamous partners in a lifetime. Like I'm open to serial monogamy. Um, but. I don't think life will. Um, make those mandatory for me. It could happen. But again I don't think so. Um. Uh, as you all know, in life, monogamy is accepted as a societal norm. It's the preferred relationship type for the majority of the Western population. So most people are into a human and no other humans, even though they are attracted to other humans. Um, adults, and when I say humans, I mean adults. Unlike those of polyamorous open relationships, monogamous people often enjoy legal benefits, face less risk of STIs, feel more secure. Well, some monogamous people feel that way, but I think there should be legal benefits for non-monogamous people. And you have non-monogamous people who feel like, well, I face less risk of STIs than with a a monogamous person. And feeling more secure, that's not dependent upon monogamy, probably dependent upon your self-esteem. Even though there's no right way to have a relationship, different types suit different people, as you already understand. Some choose monogamy because of this accepted norm. I think people who are into monogamy should choose it because that's right for them, not because of popularity contests.
and um, I feel like um, I'm open to monoamory, which first of the practice of having just one romantic lover during a period of time. The term literally means one lover, according to kinkley.com. Monoamory is a contrast polyamory, which refers to the practice of having several lovers or sec- sexual partnerships at the same time. Um, monoamory is different from monogamy, is that is a different level of relationship. One can be in a, mon- a monoamorous relationship without being in a monogamous relationship, as one requires marriage. So, hey, again, monoamory. I'm just open to what's right for me. And I have no shame of it. I'm definitely open to no strings attached in SA. Actually, that is my life. I'm open to what's already my life. Um, no strings attached in SA is my phrase to describe my relationship that my relationships that are usually exclusively sexual in nature. As an acronym, NSA is often used on dating sites when people look for a sexual relationship. Now, any commitments or even emotional connection. Well, I can have that and still be emotionally healthy in terms of how I treat a person. And people in this case, too. Especially the people in this case, too. But usually people in an NSA relationship like me, we try to limit our interactions to just sex. Um... Sex also with interpersonal attraction. There's a better way for me to put it for myself regarding about myself. The origin of this term Rondonba was first added to Urban Dictionary in a sexual context in 2018. The more common definition of strings attached offers something without any special condition, without any special conditions, has long been used in a non-sexual context. So yeah, I'm a no strings attached type of person. Told you, you're learning my complexities. I am too. More about my no strings attached NSA. Like, could I have relationships where it's just sex and exclusively sexual nature? I can. Even though I can still treat the people with respect, they treat me with respect, so I'm capable of that. Then it says, The benefits of a no-strings-attached relationship, which I'm into, include my uncommitted casual sex, which I can have, no problem. My ability to pursue different options, which I do, and my opportunity to keep things light and casual, which I do. Because feelings often arise between some sexual partners. It's important to me, on you know, it's, it's always important for me to be honest with my partners when a, even when the possibility of no strings attached encounters is what 
I am seeking to ensure the other person feels the same and does not feel used, hurt, or unimportant. So, um, that's definitely what we constantly talk about. We don't believe in bullshitting each other. And we don't believe in fucking each other over. That That's the same thing as saying, you screwed me over, we don't do that. Next. You're really learning me because I'm learning me. It says booty call, which I like. According to kinkly.com, a booty call is contact made to initiate casual sex. That's de- that's definitely me. A booty call is usually made via a voice phone call, which I do. Now, a booty call can also refer to a text message, instant online message, social media communication, or email. I do those things too. The definition of booty call expanded in recent years to include the meaning for casual sex that comes after the communication, as well as the person invited to engage in casual sex, which is fun for me. The term booty call came to popular usage in the early to mid-1990s. I remember. And I never use it disrespectfully, I always use it respectfully, meaning the term and the reality of the term. More about booty call. Booty calls are typically made late at night or in the wee small hours of the morning. I'm capable of those things. I'm capable of afternoon booty calls or mid-evening booty calls. Or morning, but not early morning booty calls. I'm, I'm open to that, too. The people involved in booty calls might be friends, which I am with them. And thus interact with one another in social settings, which we do. But they usually don't date as couples do. What? We, we, we don't. We date casually. Mmm. Casual relationships. Hey. However, it's not uncommon for booty calls to involve people who don't consider themselves friends. I'm cool with that. For myself. We we that we just enjoy our sexual chemistry or perhaps the convenience of available sex. Both are alright with me. While booty calls don't come with responsibilities of more intimate relationships, which I'm okay with. The people involved should still adhere to some etiquette rules. Of course, sexual manners, sexual good manners. Mmm, those are healthy values to live by. It's vital for all parties to understand relationship status. That makes sense to me. With clear communication, the booty call can be mutually beneficial. It should always be. However, it won't work if one person believes the relationship is more intimate than it really is. That's very true. If someone develops feelings along the way, these should ideally be communicated to absolutely. Having a regular booty call doesn't mean sex is always available either. I totally understand that. Booty calls always have the right to refuse sex if they're just not in the mood, which I totally respect. 
Give the cash and your booty call. Safe sex is also crucial. Goddamn right. Always use condoms or all the other firm or all the other forms of birth control available to protect against sexually transmitted infections and diseases and unwanted pregnancies. That is why shit to say. Many booty calls lay down additional ground rules like whether it's okay to spend the night, who should supply the condoms or all the other forms of birth control, and what they like and don't like in bed and all the other sexual settings. All of that is self-explanatory. I think so. Any heart limit should be discussed to make sure the booty call doesn't cross the line. Don't piss each other off unnecessarily. Logical logistics to me. Ooh, this is good and good. I'm open to one night stands. A one night stand is, is a sexual encounter that occurs as a standalone event with no recurrence or for the relationship between the participants. That's cool for me. A one night stand can be intentional and entered into with no expectation of repetition or may happen if partners simply do not contact each other after first encounter. For me, um, this is what I'm open to. I'm just being real with y'all. It depends on, hey, we're not available to meet anymore because... I'm in this part of the world. You're in that part of the world. So that would be the only reason we wouldn't contact each other. Actually, again, um, it wouldn't be a, okay, I had fun, but I don't like talking to you. It wouldn't be like that. It would be more of, we wish we could, but, you know, I'm there, you're here. And usually our schedules are not compatible. We only had time for that one time. So so I'm up to one night stands. So that would be the no expectation repetition strictly because of that. And then according to kinkley.com, there's more about one night stands ONS. One night stands fall under the umbrella term casual sex, although they are distinct in there. One time only nature. Now, could I have sex with someone who only want to have who only want to have great sex with me one time, and that's it? I could. We treat each other right, and that's what worked for us for that time. That doesn't make me a bad lover. Doesn't make them a bad lover. I could, you know. It says one night stands can be the cause of hurt feelings. One party intends for encounter to be the beginning of something big, while the other does not. That happens to some people. And, um... That's not... Gonna be something that happens to me in the future moving forward. It says, One night stands in that limit to encounters between strangers, which is a fact. When people have a friendship or business relationship, a one-time sexual encounter subsequently resume their previous relationship it's still considered a one night stand which I have no issue with at all 
Now, some people said business relationship. Well, here's the case. I wouldn't make it a habit of going after all my business partners sexually. There may be at least one or two where business with pleasure wouldn't be a ruination, but most of them, it would be a ruination. And it wouldn't be like, it breaks the rules of hierarchy. Like, because some businesses, it's considered abusive because that person's using their power to leverage over you. So that wouldn't be my case. If they were self-employed, but they were of hierarchy, they could be of hierarchy to other people, just not me. Because normally I don't work for them, you know. If it was hierarchical where they were in charge of me, I was like, eh. This could cause some legal issues, so... Um, and company issues. So I only have that one or two business relationship where we usually don't work for each other and we every now and then do deals with each other. That would make more sense to me. So yeah, I do want, I'm up in the one night stands. Um, now I'm open to having friends with benefits. FWB. I I prefer friends with benefits. I like that the most. According to kinkley.com, friends with benefits is a type of relationship in which there's a friendship between two individuals. But they also engage in sexual activities with one another. That's my favorite sexual relationship to have, honestly. However, this is no commitment to anything more than friends. Awesome! According to kinkley.com, more about friends benefits FWB. Friends benefits is a relationship in which the individuals involved get the benefits of the physical aspects of a romantic relationship without actually having one. Sweet! The individuals are typically single and remain friends while exchanging sex, sexual favors. Though the pair never date or exclusive. Marvelous! The idea is that the two individuals can have sex in a friendship while not having any commitment to one another. Magnificence. More about... Ooh, casual sex, which is my favorite type of sex. According to kinkley.com, casual sex is an umbrella term that encompasses many forms of sex that are similar in the fact that they do not involve committed relationships. Alrighty. 
This can include one night stands, which I do, friends with benefits, which I do, and swinking, which I do. Other terms that are used to describe casual sex are no strings are no strings attached sex, which I do, and hooking up, which I do. This has led to the term hookup culture, which I'm a part of, in reference to the prevalence of casual sex among young people like me. More about casual sex. There has been much research pointed damaging effects casual sex on the mental and emotional states of its participants. That was true for me in the past, but that's not true for me anymore moving forward now and forevermore. However, recent years, conflicting studies have emerged that have called the older data into question. New findings suggest that older research showed a moral bias towards committed relationships and aimed to prove that cash relationships were unhealthy. People can be very idiotic. People can be of weak-mindedness, feeble-mindedness, and small-mindedness. When I say feeble-mindedness, I'm not talking elderly people. What I'm attacking is people being afraid to educate themselves even though they have all the means to. It says, the new studies have shown that when participants engage in casual sex with appropriate expectations, their experience can actually be beneficial. Which is one of the realities of my existence. I'm into hooking up, according to kinkley.com. Hooking up pertains to being involved in casual sex. It connotes the beginning of a sexual relationship. Hooking up refers to sex that is free from expectations of monogamy and commitment. Oh, these are all fun facts for me. It's quite electrifying, actually. And it says it can be very exciting. It is for me, again. It is so exciting. For the third and final time, it is for me. In fact, that some people make it their sole goal. And that accounts for yours truly, me. More about hooking up. Hooking up can be a lot of fun for me. I know, I just repeated myself. It can be intimate sharing between two people. More than two people, in my case. Group sex with the same objectives. Yep. It's sometimes two people, sometimes more than two people simultaneously Hmm. for me. The key is to be upfront and clear about these objectives. I am hooking up can be misconstrued as the leveling up a romantic relationship. That's true for those that don't understand hooking up. For some people, hooking up does not require romantic interest. That's me, which can disappoint a sex partner expects otherwise. I don't pick sex partners who could cause that to happen to me. Um... Fuck buddy. I love having fuck buddies. A fuck buddy is a friend who is willing to engage in sex and maintain a casual, friendly relationship. That's. That's within reason for me. 
They expected him to not make any romantic demands. <sighs> That's exhilarating for me. They may be called upon for booty calls, Netflix and chill and the likes. That causes me to feel joviality in my heart. While sex occurs, the core of a relationship with a fuck buddy is still only a friendship. I'm truthfully smiling just imagining it. Oh, wait, that's my reality. I don't have to imagine it. <laughs> a more about fuck buddy. Ooh. I feel ecstatic. A fuck buddy's a great person to have as a friend. They just described me. However, sex can sometimes result in feelings of attachment. That's not my issue. It may even lead to some unspoken expectations. Again, that's not my issue. To ensure that both parties and the friendship maintain zero manic expectations, talk about each other's needs and wants. I do that habitually. Be clear about the terms of the fuck-buddy relationship. I motherfucking am, 100%. Side piece. Now... I'm only willing to be a side piece in non-monogamous relationships. I'm not willing to be a side piece in a an exclusive relationship. Here. There's obviously more I have to say. Am I putting out? I do put out, but it's never disastrous for me. It's always wholesomely and humanely done. And yes, I have heart limits, things that I'm out I don't do, things I'll never do. And I also have things that I'm open to doing and things I'll always do. And I have maybes that can turn to heart limits or I'll always do that.
I'll read um I'll read this. But these are important for me to read. I'll do I'm open to non exclusive monogamy, which refers to a two person relationship in which each partner is allowed to engage in sexual relations outside the relationship but not have any other um primary partners. In some cases, the rules of the particular couple may dictate that while sexual activity is permitted, emotionally intimate relationships are not, which is fine with me. This term can be confusing for people because it describes what may consider non-monogamy. However, the use of the term monogamy here is in relation to the primary like relationship. Like, okay, we are each other's main partners of which there may only be one rather than in relation to sexual partners. It's like, okay, we're the only emotionally intimate, sexually active relationship we have, but you can have sexual relationships with other people, but they can't be emotionally intimate. So that's what that means. I'm open to that. And uh, I'm open to uh, poly-mixed, you know, Primary relationships, which takes priority and receives the most attention and resources. Generally, although not always a primary relationship is, the relationship that has last, lasts the longest has the strongest bond, which I'm open to. We're talking about polyamory here. A primary relationship is one in which a couple attend to their own sexual emotional needs as a priority over any, uh, any additional relationships, which I'm cool with. There can be many relationships that exist in a polyamorous relationship, and that is real. I'm open to poly-mixed relationships. A poly-mixed relationship, also known as a poly-slash-mono relationship, is a relationship that involves both someone who identifies as monogamous and someone who identifies as polyamorous. One half of the pair functions as poly, while the other half functions as monogamous, making it a mixed relationship. You know, some people do it for mismatched sex drives, differing desires, long-distance relationships, life circumstances such as illnesses. We have to be on the same page. If someone is seeing other people, we have to agree to it. Cheating is wrong. And no breach of trust is allowed. The simplest being a partner who is monogamous by nature and a partner who is polyamorous by nature falling in love. So I'm polyamorous by nature, but I may deal with a partner who is monogamous by nature, but we may fall in love with each other. That's true. Um... If life told me to have a close relationship, I would. If life told me to be monogamous, of cyclic monogamy or exclusive relationships, I'm open to that if life caused me to change my mind. If life told me to have a dyad or a triad or... Or polyfidelity, I would be open to all those things. 
if life told me ever if life told me that the puppy pile poly or diatribe like I said then that would be fine with me I'm definitely a free agent But I do care about the feelings and expectations of my partners, even though I maintain multiple relationships, but I keep these entanglements isolated from each other. I do, I'm open to open swinging and closed group swinging. I'm open to polycule. I'm open to non-hierarchical polyamory. I'm basically open to all types of polyamorous relationships to sum it up. See, I'll get the point. ethical slut. I am openly non-monogamous and I do view sex as a good thing for all parties involved with me. I am sex positive. I see sex as a pleasurable, beneficial experience. I am open about these convictions and I am honest with my partners. I do not lead them into believing that our physical intimacy can lead to anything else. The term ethical slut comes from the book The Ethical Slut by Dossie Eason and Janet Hardy. The book is a guide on how to lead a non-monogamous lifestyle that is honest and considerate of other people's feelings. Those are some of my character traits. It discusses how such a lifestyle can lead to personal growth from personal experience. From personal experience, I say again, that happens to me. A person who is interested in multiple sexual partners will benefit from reading the book.
And by the way, I've read the book. It's a noteworthy read. Um, I am in ethical high mileage. Ethical high mileage is used to refer to a person like me who has intercourse with a lot of different ethical individuals. I am the healthy kind of high mileage hoe. The term is, for me, I use it to describe my high levels of intercourse with adults, men, women, non-binary. Um, comparable way to car mileage. Um, I drive well. No traffic. No accidents. No wrecks. And no traffic tickets. I love the metaphors. I hope you do too. Another way of saying it for me is, um, I'm ethically promiscuous, and y'all know what the word promiscuous means. I'm an ethical double better. Y'all know what that means. I'm a healthy harlot. Yeah, I know what that means, too. I'm a ethical horn dog. Yeah, I know what that means. <laughs> My, I'm ethically horny. Yeah, I know what that means. So, um, I think I'm going to conclude the episode now. You have a 
better understanding of who I am. Stay tuned.